You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Happy day, happy day. It's a new episode. Happy day. Hey, hi, hi, hi. It's a singing episode. Should we have hi, changed Alan shirts? and Elizabeth. What? Should we have changed shirts between this and the other episode that we also no. filmed on this day? No. Oh, okay, no. good, good, good. Hello. Ladies and gentlemen, we're banging it out out here. <laughs> hi, Elizabeth. <laughs> It's good to see you. Oh my gosh, I'm so good. This has been an amazing day filled with inspiration. And also excitement. The CDC says some crazy stuff like if you're vaccinated, you won't have to really wear a mask many places. I'm a good. But I'm still going to. I mean, I'm still going to. People don't think I'm an asshole. Well, yeah, I'm still going to, but it shows a lot of improvement. And that's really exciting. So go get your vaccine. But in the meantime, uh, one of my favorite, favorite performers, um, Farrah Alvin, is here on the show. She has a concert coming up. I'm so excited. Alan and I are going. I'm so excited. Um, And literally just like wait till you hear her voice. This is one of my favorite songs uh, from by William Finn called infinite joy just i mean she doesn't know that we're about to play this um but you're gonna gag here you go (laughs) joss wallace broadway my gosh i'm crying in a closet that has been turned into a recording studio and the lighting's bad so it looks like i am going to be played by francis mcdormand at some point and um today hello welcome joss Wallace broadway you know that i am the show um i'm sitting here with one of my all-time favorite performers people uh, she's such an inspiration um farah alvin Welcome to Josh Swallow's Broadway. I am just gagged that you're here. You are so kind. Thank you. Um, You're so welcome. I remember, like, first of all, I don't think we've ever had, like, a normal in-person, like, meeting. I've always been like, Farrah Alvin, hi. I mean, you're Meryl. (laughs) Yeah, well, the first time I met you, I believe, was in the elevator at Actors' Equity. Is that right? (laughs) Yes, it was. Yes. And the thing is that 
I, I say sometimes, here's a reference, I'm the Lily Taylor of Broadway. Like you, if you know, you know. So it's like, if you're, I have a very intense, hardcore fan base. And then the rest of the world is like, who is that? And so <laughs> it's not every day that I get stopped in the elevator at Actors Equity. And you were like, excuse me. You were like a little like geeked out. And so I remember everybody that stops me. And so I remember you, that was the first time I ever met you. Oh gosh. Um, I, you know, one time I went on a really, really bad date. He took me to see a taping of uh, Seth Rudetsky's show oh. and you were one of the guests. And I was like, oh my gosh, she's singing at us. This is amazing. And uh, that was the best part of the date. Oh. Um, yeah, what did I, I sing? Do you remember? I don't, I don't remember, but some boy that was in the national tour of Bye Bye Birdie with Anne Ryan King was oh, there. Oh, Paul Castry, yeah. Yes, mm -hmm. yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. Um, and then in Marvelous Wonderette, yes. where, I mean, you're just a freaking star. Oh my to goodness. me, you're a star. Thank you. <laughs> you yeah. and my mom. <laughs> hey, well, I'm going to call your mom after this and take her bowling or whatever. <laughs> But also, like, you wear so many hats. You're also a nutritionist, yeah? That's correct, yeah. Yeah, and I'm a mom. And a mom! Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's amazing. Like, <laughs> well, first of all, where are you from? I grew up in Los Angeles, California, Hollywood adjacent. Uh, my parents ran a design firm that was they did movie posters for everything so my dad actually if anyone listening wants to google john alvin my dad did all the famous movie posters in the 70s 80s and 90s so he was the illustrator he did um blazing saddles young frankenstein gremlins blade runner those are all his paintings wow. and then the most famous is et with the two fingers touching Oh, Josh, your face. And my hand was the model for Gertie's hand for the child's hand in the poster for E.T. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That's wild. Yeah. Did you so, know how cool it was at the time? No idea. No. It was when I became a teenager and I started dating and there were boys around that yeah. the boys would come out. I think like three quarters of my high school boyfriends just wanted to hang around and talk to my dad. <laughs> Yo, I, is your dad home? Yeah, uh, so, hey, 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 babe. Is he, is he working on anything? Hey, Can babe. Um, good to see you, babe. Um, happy three weeks. Uh, yeah. Your dad around? Your dad here? hundred <laughs> percent. That was real. So um, that was where I grew up. And every, you know, I also like my best friend in high school is Lori Beth Denberg. Do you know Lori Beth from all that? You're oh my gosh. Yes. So like we went to high school together. She booked all that when we were juniors in high school. And so everybody I knew worked in TV and I just was like doing like the singing cabaret in the gay bars. So <laughs> uh, I wanted to do theater like a fool. And I came to New York after that. When did you first like this? Because your voice is, I mean, uh, like it's it's God's perfect design. So was there a moment like you accidentally stubbed your toe and instead of saying ow, you were like, ow. So I think I apparently I came out of the womb just with stage presence singing on pitch. This is the story <laughs> that's told. And I my mom, when I was growing up, you know, we put on music for my, my son is seven and he listens to different st stuff as he's falling asleep at night. And my mom would just put on her records. So she would put on, she put on like Judy at Carnegie Hall and she put on like the first Barbara Streisand album and things wow. like that. So I sleep learned, I think. And yeah. then when I was like, 
little, like four, I had Judy's version of Chicago completely down. And I would just make everyone, you know, people were up, I'd say, everyone sit down. And I would do my number and I'd do the growl, Chicago, the whole <laughs> thing. And so it was like, I had to be performing at, from a very young age, but it was, I kind of realized if, I mean, this is going to sound braggy. I don't know how else to say this story. Yeah, but, but have a do. When I, I, I started auditioning for stuff because I was in a show business town. It wasn't really much of a theater town, but it was a show business town. When I started performing, which was really about like age like 12 or 13 and people would like, the first time I went to an open mic, like the owner of the club came running in and went, who is this singing? And so that started to happen a lot. And you'd go and sing for people that really heard people sing all the time. And they'd go, what's happening right now? Like they were like, who, who are you? What, have, yeah. where did that come from? So I, I sort of knew it was like a sort of ex, an extra thing yeah. <laughs> at a point. Oh, I'm so glad I wasn't your parent. I'd be like, we must protect our jewel. We <laughs> must protect like our princess. Little like that. That's hilarious. And yeah. your your family was like, Brad, go into musicals. Well, because my parents are both visual artists and they had never done anything but that as a living, I didn't, first of all, I think I would have been a little bit of a disappointment if I wasn't a creative person. <laughs> but second of all, they had a very, I had a very realistic point of view of what it meant to be a working artist. So I didn't have some crazy pie in the sky I'm going to star on Broadway. I didn't even have that. I was sort of like, I want to be a working actor. And I had a very clear picture of what that would look like. The highs and lows and the hustle, especially the hustle. Mm. I learned from having two parents who were freelancers forever. So they were like, go do your thing. And I think they, my mom especially really knew that it was like a, again, like a sort of extra special voice. And so I, I had connections from being a, in a show business town to coming to New York. And so a lot of door, I'm very fortunate. A lot, many, many people are absolutely as talented as I am, but didn't have the connections or the facilities mm. that I had when I moved here. And so I had a lot of doors open for me very early, which was really nice. And then, um, you know, the ball kind of just rolled, but it changed a lot. I changed a lot. I was 19 when I moved to New York city. So, you know, I've changed and I've grown and uh, thankfully I, as I have evolved, I think the business has kind of come with me a little bit, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. 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 No, I mean, I was a disaster when I came here for me, like, you know, I didn't grow up in like show business land and my, and my family was supportive, but um, I like, I glamorized rent so much. I was like, um, I'm going to suffer. I'm going to suffer. And oh, I'm not going to pay my rent. And oh, life is so hard for me. You know? Yeah. And um, I don't know. It's like that was sort of my vision board. And so that was sort of my journey. What happened? Yeah. You know? I was yeah. like, I'm living in a crack house. This is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Now I'm going to go wake up at three o'clock in the morning and wait right. in line for like to get on the list or whatever. Yeah. I mean, isn't that funny how we, we have this sort of image of what our life is going to be. And it turns, it does turn into that, you know, like thoughts are things, but uh, I think what was very interesting for me was, um, I don't know if it's my third year here. I made my, I did, I had already worked in New York, but I did my Broadway debut in the revival of Greece, not the one 
that happened a little while ago, but the one before that. Ooh, the and Rosie O'Donnell. Rosie version. O'Donnell Grease, yes. So I, I did love the, that version. Yeah, so I did hot pink. Eugene O'Neill was painted hot pink, <laughs> and I was on the national tour of that. And then I came into the Broadway company, and I did that show from fall of '96 until we closed in spring of '98. That's where I met Seth Rudetsky, and. Um, I think I went, it was sort of like my dream, my whole life dream was to be on Broadway. And then I was like, oh, did it. I was 20, I turned 21 there. So I was like, okay, you know what? And so what was interesting was that from, I did other things where I was in an ensemble capacity, but kind of after that happened, I had to kind of go, well, what? let's refine this dream a little bit. What is it exactly that I want to do? And so I, uh, I felt really lucky that I've be, been able to create roles in shows like Marvelous Wonder Rats and um, I Love You Because, which people really, really loved. Oh, it was so good. Um, you were also terrific in Last Smoker uh, oh, thank in you. America. It's, thank you. I, that's a really good album, I have to say. Like, it's really worth listening to. I, yeah. I, that was a, that show was a tough sell. And we were, you know, technically a flop, but so many talented people. I mean, it was just four of us. It was me, uh, the amazing John Bolton, the John amazing Bolton. Natalie Benicia Belcone, mm-hmm. and the amazing Jake Boyd, who went on to be Fiero and do all this great stuff. So we had an amazing time. We made each other laugh a lot. And the music was really fun to sing. So being an, being an off-Broadway star, like being like a kind of serviceable Broadway player and then being an off-Broadway star, for lack of a better word, has been so rewarding because I have gotten to create so much. And you know, you know, it, we don't always get to create in a Broadway environment. There's a lot of money involved. There's a lot of cooks in the kitchen. Like you're really lucky if that's, if you're not like you fit the costume, now you do the yeah. job, you know? So I've been very fortunate. And in a way, I think it's because of the real gift of like, your dream has come true. Now dream something else. Yeah. And uh, with so many dreams coming true, was that what sort of led you to nutrition as well? Um, Actually, what led me to nutrition was that I have had uh, various health problems my whole life. I have several autoimmune diseases and I was just not a healthy kid. So in spite of being a performer and being very active, I just was never very healthy. I got sick all the time. And uh, I had um, kind of gone on my own health journey and gotten myself healthy and found that then I would be working on a show and people would go, well, what are you eating? You know, what do you, how come, how come you don't get sick? How come everybody else in the cast is sick, but you're not sick? Or what do you, I would have people pick my brain and I didn't really have answers. I could only speak to what had worked for me. I would have said and, I'm a witch. It'd be like, well, I'm a I witch. say that, say that now. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, go on. It's totally true. It's a great answer. Um, but, uh, and then I knew that we, I was getting married and I knew that we were going to want to have a family if possible. And I knew that that was going to mean at least a year and change of not working, you know, no matter what. You know, there's just not a lot of pregnant ladies on stage. There ought to be, but mm-hmm. there's not. And so I just was like, what do I love? What else do I do? And so I went to, uh, I went back to school and I started doing that and it's always been my side hustle. And then now due to the pandemic, it's more like my main hustle. Um, although very lucky to still be singing and it's been a great, 
um, set up, you know, while I've had my son, because I don't have to take out of town jobs. I don't, you know, that was a sort of insurance policy that's turned into a very nice little career. Yeah. Well, also something that I think is so great, like what a good match is that people forget that nutrition is more than just, and health, it's more than just like eat your greens. There's an emotional aspect to it. And I think that you as an artist, you know, are naturally, you know, empathic. Empathic. Yeah. You know, um, it's like I've recently started a health journey a few months ago. Yes. Eating is like the the one thing I haven't really conquered yet. Yeah. You know, like my relationship with food has always been so unhealthy. But the initiative to like take baby steps and be like, I'm moving my body today because I can Mm -hmm. and I don't have to go full out Mm -hmm. or I can go full out. Or I can make this choice today or food is not the enemy or, you know, what have you. I'm so, I so admire that you're taking those steps and that you've also that you have solicited people to be on your team that support you because it is really difficult. I work with a lot of people in the business and there are pressures that are on us about our bodies that have nothing to do with our health and how we feel in this business. And sometimes dissecting that is really complicated. And I feel again, fortunate to have, I've been in several different sized bodies in this business. And so I understand it. I understand the pressures of it. Uh, And I also don't, I, I can't tell you how many young people have come to me and said, young women usually saying they want to lose weight. And I say, you don't have any weight to lose. So you have, I can't help you, you know, not in a dismissive way, but the truth is that there's so many pressures on us to fit a certain body shape, not even a size, to be honest. It's really even a body look and a body shape for men and for women in this business. And I'm so, it just absolutely has to be part of the conversation going forward that um, human beings are diverse and beautiful and bodies come in all different shapes. And the fact that there's so much homogeny on the Broadway stage is, um, uh, it's detrimental. It's not, it doesn't help us. It doesn't serve us. And so I really like to help my clients focus on how they feel, enjoying being in their body and not delaying living their life and having wonderful experiences because of either mental or physical discomfort in their body. Um, You know, yeah, I do think it helps to be, uh, you know, as actors too, we try and figure out where a character's coming from, who, who are you? What's, what's making you do the things that you're doing. And so it does help when I'm trying to help somebody get out of their own way to sort of look at them that way. Like, you know, who are you? Where are you coming at this from? And how do we redirect you so that you can uh, have a happier ending? I love that. Have a happier ending. I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to write you and talk to you about your services. We, I'm more than happy. I always love talking to people about it. My consultation is free. My business website for that is nourishedwithfaraalvin.com. So it's a separate nourished with with farahalvin.com yeah and so yes please i mean obviously we're in touch but you know if anyone listening is interested in that um my consultation's free i'll talk to you for a whole hour oh my gosh but if you're sneaking in to talk to me about you know who represents me (laughs) broadway if you're coming in to talk (laughs) about the pictures 
You're out of luck. Um, but yeah, and also anybody out there listening, I've been pretty open on on the Instagram. Feel free to get in touch. You're not alone. We got this. I know it's a lonely time, but we got this, boo. We're magical fucking unicorns. And also, I love that you can do this while planning for your upcoming concert that I am so, so excited about. You have two nights coming up, May 28th and June 11th, 7 p.m. at Green Room 42, one of my favorite, favorite cabaret spaces, concert venues. I love it. Love it. Love um, it Tell me about your upcoming show. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. So um, in fall of 2019, I did a show there with a band, a uh, full band called On Vinyl that was mm-hmm. all um, 70s music, everything sort of inspired by the music that I loved as a kid and that still kind of carries me through now. Um, and uh, we were named the best cabaret show of the year uh, for 2019. And then we reprised the show on March 1st, 2020. And on March 15th, <laughs> 2020, everyone went into full and total lockdown. So um, I'm very grateful that the Green Room has invited me back because of COVID and social distancing and capacity limits and all that stuff. We can't, and also just because of rehearsing, it's not practical at this time. It, this is going to be just me and my extraordinary musical director, Michael Holland. It's just the two of us. Michael plays piano and guitar and sings, and it's sort of a sister piece to On Vinyl. So it's companion piece. It's called B-Side. And it's all um, still more seven. We have, we're basically ready to do like, you know, eight months of 70s music because it's sort of what, you know, powers our motors. So uh, this is all just a sort of more unplugged version and more crazy personal stories of how I relate to all this stuff. So. Oh my gosh. Well, I'm obsessed. I'm probably going to say your name wrong. Uh, Laura Nero? Nero? Nero. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I love her music. Me too. So, so much. And um, we, we do have a clip of Eli's coming. Okay. From uh from the show mm-hmm. that uh from your last show that I just think it is mind blowing. Alan, when you're ready, please. Eli's We have one one more clip from Farrah Alvin on vinyl. Oh, it's so good. You're you're gonna die. You're just gonna die. Alan, take it away. If I was your woman, oh my gosh.
are you okay? It's so good. It's just so good. It's like music has been like a best friend to me my whole life, you know? Like, especially like my house growing up was far away from all the kids and on top of a hill with like no bike lane. It was like, oh, you're like from a like a roll doll book. (laughs) Sort of, you know, um, you know, but Jewish. And uh, but Jewish, so I would just listen to music all the time. And so when I hear things, I don't know, like there's no way to describe it. It's like it's a part of my heart. I hear you, and it fills me, you know, mm-hmm. and it just like fills me with wild emotion that I can't, you know. Yeah, I feel I get it completely. I feel the same way. I can't tell you how many times something has just literally made me burst into tears because it's it's sort of hitting me on a cellular level. Yeah. And that's part of why I'm doing this material in this show is because it's it's very nostalgic for me. A lot of it was music that I listened to as a child in the late 70s and early 80s, but then I still listen to it. Like there's a sort of quality to listening to say like Karen Carpenter sing that is so, it just sort of is transcends just the sound alone. And it's also why I like doing this kind of performance in this kind of venue. I love, believe me, I love playing a character and creating a character, but I also really like being myself in these uh, scenarios because I, it gives me a sort of freedom to show a lot of my heart, which if I did walking around everywhere I went would be legitimately dangerous, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so it's like, Oh, they're all here. I'm going to just spill my guts and it feels good. It's amazing. I mean, it's like fireworks exploding. It's, um, you you know, like art when it's, um, oh, this sounds so douchey, but like when it's purely honest and real, it's like wildfire in the best possible way. And that's how I feel about watching you perform from, from what we just experienced to, the brilliance of your performance in Marvelous Wonderettes uh, to last mo- to, to yeah. everything that you put yourself in. Now, again, people, I'm going to the show. You have to. It's <laughs> May 28th and June 11th at 7 p.m. at Green Room 42 in New York City. I love this place. You will, too. It's so chic. To get tickets, go to thegreenroom42.venuetix.com. That's the green room for two dot venue T-I-X dot com. Seriously, go see the show. You are going to live your best life. And maybe you'll be there when I'm there and we can have a hug if we're both vaccinated. I don't know. We'll have to see the rules. Uh, there's a few weeks before then. We'll see. Um, anyway, we're going to take a quick break. Check out our Patreon www.patreon.com slash Josh Swallows Broadway. You can support the show or you can continue listening for free because we love you. We'll be back with more Farrah Alvin and a fan call after this. Bye. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Josh Swallows. Wasn't that a refreshing commercial break? I'm sitting here with the amazing... Farrah Alvin. And I'm reminded of the time because I saw your cat loving you. My cat, Toby, is here just like living his best life. And um, I got Toby 
from the same people, Laura Molina and Rob Morrison, who you got your cat from, right? Uh, yes, yes. They are just good little angel people on the planet Earth, and they rescue little baby cats. And we had had like what Lauren would refer to as a first audition with, uh, this is Buster Kitten. Um, Buster. And, uh, but he was very briefly named Hunter Foster. <laughs> and I just could not have a cat named Hunter Foster. No. Uh, God bless. He's an old friend. It would be too weird. And um, you went to go see the cats, like right after we were kind of in the process of probably adopting him. And Lauren shot a video of you petting the cat when he was a little BB. And then you, uh, you, she told you that I might be adopting him and you gagged. And then, um, she told you that I had just finished doing a production of working with Rob, where I was singing just a housewife. And you did an amazing improvised version of just a housewife. Uh, a la just a Farrah Alvin. Yeah. So, like all I am is Farrah Alvin. Yeah, it was just excellent. a goddess, just a star. It was excellent. And she videoed it. Thank God. I oh have my. it. I will save it forever. Please send it to me. That's <laughs> so funny. It. I will find it. That's so funny. Um, But anyway, I know that we have a phone call. Welcome to the show, producer extraordinaire, Elizabeth. Aw, hi. Hi, Elizabeth. Hello. Tell us about our fan call. All right. Our fan call is from a... Uh-oh, you froze. froze. This isn't good. And, Can you start uh, again? Who is it? What? You froze oh, for a shite. second. <laughs> I know. Three, two, okay. one. Three, two, one. Our question is from a talented young man named Braden. I, I don't know if he's a young man, but even if he is older, he is a young man. Uh, he has a question about uh, classes to take for acting and uh, how to take them outside of school because he is currently studying theater. Brad. Yeah. William on. Welcome to the show, Braden. We're going to hear a ding dong in a second. Come in. Braden. Hi. Hi. Welcome to the show. This is Broadway darling and singer extraordinaire, Farah Alvin. Hi, Brayden. So nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. How are you doing? I'm doing good. It's been a relaxing day here. Uh, Enjoying the sun. It's pretty nice weather here where I live. Where are you calling from? I'm right outside of Minneapolis. Fabulous. Great. Great. And what is your question for us today, my friend? Yes. Uh, so I've heard a lot of t- talks from other actors or anyone else in the industry about the importance to take classes and to continue learning throughout your whole career. And I'm just wondering if there were any classes or teachers or other resources that have helped you. Uh, and would you? What else would you recommend? Sure, Farah. What about what about you? What classes have you found? Uh, it's a good question. Um... It's been a minute since I've even had the ability to be in a class just due to my life. But I did take, um, I do know that a lot of industry people teach at a place called Actors Connection and then also teach at a place called One on One. And those are both in New York, but I wouldn't be surprised if um, things are remote now. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but I, um, I study voice still with a, a guy named Kevin Michael Murphy, who uh, is also an actor in the business. And he, he and his partner, Molly, um, they run a thing called NYC Vocal Studio. And I just think that they're so amazing. Uh, I think it's really important to find a voice teacher that you click with. So sometimes it takes acting too. It takes a little time to, you know, uh, find somebody you jive with that speaks the same language as you. Don't you agree, Josh? Absolutely. Um, my mentor and, you know, colleague and friend, uh, he doesn't teach anymore, but Craig Cornelia, I took oh, his class genius, for like yeah. seven years. Um, and, but he just came out with a book called Why We Sing. And it's, it's, um, it's all about like, we know you can sing, who cares? What, what are you singing? Why, why are you singing? And it's brilliant. But now we're living in an age where you can connect with whoever you want. Um, I'm all about coaching. And coaching is just as good as taking a class. If you're going to do something like one-on-one or Actors Connection, great. But go in there for a specific reason. Who is it that you're working with and why do you want to work with them? An example, if it's a casting director for you know, uh, a certain TV show. Is that a TV show that you're perfect for? Then go for it. If it like, for me, if it's a, if it's a show like Billions, I don't really fit in in that world. So I'm not going to go take that class, you know? Um, Also, uh, there are some casting directors that teach like a few weeks at a time. That's worth it because the game is getting to know you. Yeah, relationships is really the the name of the game in this business. And so the and it's true when you're auditioning as well. So when you audition and you do well, even if you don't book it, you go in, you do your best job, that you go in for that same casting person or director or creative team again and again and again, and you're consistently great. That's how a relationship gets built. They know every time they call you when you're going to do a good job, even if you're not the right guy. And so that can help just build establishing those relationships if you can be in a class or workshop or coaching session with somebody for a little longer so they know you they they're you're not a stranger to them um i think that's probably the the most important thing about that aspect it's sort of networking but it's really just about having personal relationships with people yeah because i think anybody can act anybody can sing anybody can dance but you are the only you and that's what's special and unique like i can't compare farah to anybody because farah is the only farah and if like if i was casting if i want farah that's who i want i know that they're talented they'll fill in the blanks just like me versus um, another brilliant character actor todd buonapane we are two completely different people and if they want him, they want them, you know? So it's about going in, being prepared, passionate, present, giving a fierce option of you. And that way, it's like giving the casting director a high five and being like, I got your back. Always going to make you look good. See you at the next one. Yes, I love that. You know, yeah. but it takes practice because it's hard. Um, also, um, a Broadway Collective is another one. Um, Broadway oh. Weekends. There are so many. Open Jar. Open Jar. Things. Mm-hmm. Um, but also don't be afraid to find performers that you love 
and reach out to them and see if they coach. Make sure that it's reasonable. Like, don't let anybody be like, I'm 200 an hour. Then be like, I'm going to kill your family pets. <laughs> and I'm a vegetarian. <laughs> but I'm still going to kill your family pets, you know? Hmm. Um, I think that's a really good suggestion because even if they don't coach, I know that I, so I do this thing called, um, do you ever do, have we ever entered into the uh, uh, KCACTF, the, um, um, mm-hmm. Kennedy Center American College Theater Festival. So I, I actually do the musical theater initiative for the uh, Midwest region where you are. Oh, um, nice. And um, it's all young college students. And every year I say, please, please, please stay. After I do feedback with them, especially with the kids that don't advance, I say, please stay in touch with me. Find me on social media. My name, I'm at my name on Facebook and Instagram and you know, follow me, stay in touch, ask questions, reach out the percentage of young people that do that is incredibly low. And I think people think I don't mean it, but I think what Josh is saying is right. Is that if there's someone you admire, you know, sometimes people are busy. Don't take it personally. If they don't get back to you, maybe they missed your message. Maybe they're wigged out by it or weirded out, but you know, take a chance and say, I'm a student. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to build my career. I'm trying to build my relationships. I admire your work. If they don't coach, maybe there'll be somebody. I'm trying to help one of these kids I knew from KCACTF find a job, like a regular day, you know, like a regular day job because he's brave enough to reach out. And, you know, I feel like once I teach someone, they're in my coven, <laughs> you know, they're in my. Which? Goody Alvin. they're in my circle and I want to see you succeed and perform and have, and, you know, do the thing that you're trying to do. I think a lot, there are, there are generous people in this business and you should take a chance and hope that you reach out to one, you know? And I know that you didn't ask this, but always sing what you love. If you're a singer, sing what you love. Yes. Do what you love. Do what makes you happy because that's going to (laughs) be, and just be you like you. look at you you're adorable Ooh. you've got great glasses uh fantastic <laughs> zoom setup um a wonderful mm-hmm. tattoo um and also a great art community where you live mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. oh my goodness you know yes. my challenge for you is to keep in touch i want to hear from you and um if i think of anything i'll let you know and if you start this journey let me know how it's going oh, wonderful thank you Pinky swear? Yes. Pinky it's swear. official. Absolutely. Goody Alvin has made it official. <laughs> um, thanks for coming Bound on the show blood. today. Yes. Bound by oh. blood. <laughs> thanks for coming on the show. Funny. You're amazing. I appreciate oh, thank it. Thank you. Good luck, Raiden. Thanks for having me. Thank yes. you. Thank you so much. Have a good day. You too. Bye, friend. Oh, cute. Bye. I love that. I love him. Let's be in a show with him. Let's do it. Do you Great. know that happens? Can I tell you a funny story? Um, I was at a friend's wedding and this is apropos of Braden reaching out to people. So I was at a friend's wedding and I was sitting next to Tim Federley. Do you know Tim? Yeah. Okay. So Tim Federley is now like taking out the world yes. absolutely by storm. But Tim was, you know, what ensemble guy. He was in some shows on Broadway and then he went and wrote this incredible series of books called Better Nate Than Ever. And now he's like the head writer or something on High School Musical, the musical, the series. And now he's turning the Nate books into movies. Netflix uh, movie or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I think Disney Plus, I think. Oh, word. I I think it's Disney. I please cut that out. I don't know. Make that money and give me some. 
he's doing incredibly well. And around the time that Nate wrote um, Tuck Everlasting uh, on Broadway, I mean, Nate, sorry, uh, Tim, (laughs) he was sitting next to me at a wedding and he said, you know, we were chit-chatting. Of course, I knew who he was. And he says, you know, I wrote you fan email a long time ago. And I said, no, no, no. And he said, yeah, I did. And he, I looked it up. I was sitting at this wedding and I found it like an old, old email. And I said, please tell me I wrote you back. He said, yeah, you did. You wrote me back and you said, good luck. And I hope I get to meet you. And I, I mean, to me, he's somebody that I, like I look up to and I admire, and it's hilarious to me that at some point he was looking up to me and admiring me. So, you know, it, yeah. all kinds of things happen. Well, it's funny, you know, my my uh, first little shop, my my Audrey was uh, Christiane Knoll. Oh, did you do that one? Wait, I auditioned for this production. Did Gabe Barry direct that? Yeah. 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 I remember and like not getting that and being really happy that Christiane did. I, I remember being terrified the entire time and being like, that's Christiane. The first day of rehearsal, we had to bring in an embarrassing photo. And so I brought in a photo of me and her at the stage door of Jekyll and Hyde. Oh, my God. And unfortunately i think she was like i feel really Weird. old because i was like this oh. like i looked like a like a honey ham turkey or something with like bleached blonde hair and braces just being like no dude, right. but today it's so great to meet you you right. know right and she felt suddenly like she was playing opposite her child right yeah, yeah. <laughs> like but Seymour's she couldn't be a nicer person i love her dearly she's the best uh she's one of a kind she's a Absolutely. great great human um and so are you and i cannot wait to see your show remember everybody go get your tickets may 28th june 11th 7 p.m green room 42 that's the green room 42.venuetix.com um i do strongly recommend making a reservation because i'm not sure exactly what the social distancing situation is and the you know we were supposed to be selling only to 50 percent capacity i think that might be changing but i'm really not sure so the possibility that both of these shows will be fully sold is really high so i would really recommend if you're thinking about coming just you know make a decision get your tickets if i'm there come up buy me a drink give me fifty thousand dollars in cash that i can't get back and um we will celebrate um thank you so much for coming on the show josh thank you for having me and um i'm so glad that we really know each other in real life now me too (laughs) me too and thank you for for your work uh you you always lift me up and inspire so thank you wow thanks so much thank you honey have a wonderful night. Can't wait you to see too. the concert. And thank you, everybody, for listening. Oh, wait, did you have something to say? No. Oh, okay. Nothing. I've said it all. <laughs> you said it all. We've said it all. Well, that's all, my dear friends. Thank you for tuning in for another wonderful episode of Josh Swallows Broadway. Josh Swallows Broadway is produced by Alan Seals, Dory Berenstein, and myself, Josh Lehman, with associate producer Elizabeth Wheelis. And special thanks to our Patreon producers, David Rimmer and Josh Harris. You can join them. All you have to do is go to patreon.com slash Josh Swallows Broadway. Leave a rating. Leave a review. I read them. This is how I continue living. Help me live. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for keeping Broadway alive and swallow you soon. Have you 
ever wondered how your favorite performer actually feels? Well, here's your chance. Welcome to The Quiet Part Out Loud with me, Bobby Steggert, Broadway actor and now a therapist to a whole host of Broadway creatives. Part interview, part therapy, this is not your typical podcast. We'll go right to the heart of things with some of your favorite artists, what they still struggle with, what lessons they've learned, what they haven't figured out yet. There is enormous power in saying the quiet part out loud. Are you listening? Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise. <laughs> 